Welcome to the Creature Cast, the official console creatures podcast. I'm your host today, Steve Egvari, and alongside me is my good pal, Bobby Pashalidis. How are you doing? I am beautiful. It is, I don't even know, I was going to say sunny, but we haven't seen any sun. It's foggy, it's cold, and it's icy. So I'm super good, despite the fact that it's disgusting outside. Yeah, I know you're in the same situation. You're in a high-rise building, so I mean, I'm sure you're feeling the lack of sun more than i am yeah but no, I, I i don't see it at all but uh yeah. nonetheless this is a very exciting episode uh thank you all for tuning into this one um for for many reasons i mean we're in mere moments we're going to be joined by uh two veterans of the industry two people i'm very excited to speak to carrie patel mm-hmm. the game director over at obsidian entertainment working on avowed and then we're also going to be speaking with gabe paramo the gameplay director of avowed uh who if you guys watch the xbox developer direct and then the most recent extended gameplay breakdown on the official xbox podcast which i Highly recommend everyone go check out. It's very insightful. Uh, you will be very familiar with these two people. And um, yeah, in just mere moments, we're going to be jumping in, uh, speaking to them about everything from, you know, the gameplay to the narrative stuff that we really are interested in unpacking after coming off of that direct. Um, I myself, big fan of Obsidian's work, uh, especially their their ventures into the RPG, RPG genre. So getting to speak to them and hearing you know what makes avowed stand out uh within their catalog what makes it different and really why is avowed coming out right now so i'm looking forward to it bobby thoughts feelings as we head into this yeah. i mean i'm psyched i mean last week's presentation was pretty much everything i i thought it would be uh i feel like i'm ready for this game i mean it, it's it's obsidian like honestly they made my favorite fallout game so like i i i know that whatever they're doing is pretty much what i expect and what i hope for so yeah i'm looking forward to talking to them looking forward to seeing more avowed and you know learning more about their processes so i mean i'm ready i'm I'm ready guys we're both ready exactly uh yeah so this is going to be a very big game for xbox as they announced at the developer direct is coming fall 2024 across xbox series x s pc and then the cloud as well which is very exciting especially for a game like this um so yeah without further ado let's throw it over to the interview thank you guys again for uh tuning into this one i think it's gonna be a very great conversation yeah, this has to have been quite the exciting week for for both of you. Um, Carrie, Gabe, coming off of the Xbox Developer Direct, and then also the extended look um, on the official Xbox podcast, which I recommend everyone go and check out. I think it's a very insightful look. How are you guys both feeling now uh, after this busy week? Very excited, you excited, know. Excited, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you you spend so much time with your your head down, just uh, you know, working on the game, and you know, so much of what you're doing is under wraps for such a long time that when you finally get to start sharing it, um, it's definitely cathartic. Yep, super excited to just uh, have the players be able to see it, provide their feedback, be able to just get that iteration loop going, uh, you know, based off things they noticed, and and we can improve that between now and the end of, of, of by the time we ship, you know. 
Absolutely. Um, I mean, just jumping right off of that, uh, my, my first kind of uh, focus right now is like, I, I feel like a lot of people were very high and very excited about the combat that was shown during the, uh, the videos there. Uh, something that uh, stuck out to me was the ability to kind of tailor and have this open-ended combat system where if you want to go with a sword and shield, you can. If you want sword and wand, you can. Where where did this decision come from to have this kind of open-ended combat system? Oh, where did that decision come from? I mean, that was always kind of, uh, we always wanted to, well, okay, so let me start with, like, again, uh, Obsidian sort of motto, mantra, right? like your world, your way. And so uh, an element there is just, you know, having a dual-wielding system that's really flexible, uh, right? Um, having one-handed weapons, two-handed weapons, um, you know, choice and consequence between, the difference uh, of how those weapons feel, that's always been just like from the get-go, we've, that, that's just always how we've sort of wanted it to play out, you know, um, letting the player mix and match. I know that that, even, even, even um, talking to the team about it, right, like there's always animation concerns, right? It's like, oh, you know, how are we going to blend this into that and all that stuff? But we always just wanted to make sure that, that we provided the player with the ability to be able to mix and match uh, their offhand and primary hand and their abilities and and that's always been just kind of a core piece of of how we developed the game I, you know mixing and matching that that leads me to kind of like a secondary question here in the trailer and extended looks we get to see you know dual wielding wands and having a wand with a sword and kind of that that incremental um, combination of both of those systems i'm very curious though maybe i missed it was there ever a moment shown where you can have a gun and a wand in hand is that, <laughs> so is there, that... there wasn't a there wasn't a moment shown, okay. but yes, you absolutely can. Uh, you can have a you can have a gun and a wand. You can have two guns. You can have a gun and a sword. You can have a shield and a gun. Uh, right. So all all one handed um, uh, weapons basically let you mix and match, and and obviously two handed have their own kind of rule set uh, right. for them, where they take up the the two you know both primary and offhand slots. But uh, but yeah, then you can with an additional sort of loadout that we have, you can then swap between them, so you can kind of have um you know of you know permutations there between the two loadouts right uh uh between your offhand and primary and the, the two loadouts so yeah amazing um yeah so we've seen a lot of you know little segments and clips and everything and your role more is gameplay designer and you've been around for you know a couple of games at this point right so my question is you know it's a crowded a space um there's a lot of great games out there and you know your role is to innovate and my question is how do you find the path to innovation in a, in a you know in a year where there's like a dozen game of the years and what what what's what like what's what are you, like the rules that you kind of want to implement that to bring players in um well again flexibility is right. important uh right so uh from the from the amount of abilities that you can that we're allowing the player to choose we're a classless game so i don't know if that's uh, been understood right and so we're trying to we have some we have some pretty interesting kind of unique things in our in our in our uh, ability trees um that i think will allow the player the most flexibility that i think um in these types of games can present i guess if that makes sense um right. and so just how we've categorized them and grabbing the abilities from pillars and the ones that make sense for uh you know first person action uh, fantasy RPG, right? Um, just just choosing those and and allowing the player to kind of have just the the cho amount of choice there. Um, I think I think we can kind of innovate there, and and right. it's the moment to moment, um, the moment to moment choices that I think that that I think are innovative in in this space, if that makes sense. 
absolutely total sense to me uh, that that's always kind of where I, I'm, I'm thinking of, like it's it's player agency mm-hmm. yeah uh, speaking about player agency um i know that the trailers and and brief showcases have kind of set up and teed up this the fact that you are you know half human half elf um what kind of ways are you able to kind of put yourself into this character in this world so the uh, we'll we'll get a little bit more into to character creation in a in a future update. Um, the Adiran Empire, which is where the player character is from in Avowed, is predominantly human and elven. Um, we actually don't have um, uh, like mixed species uh, characters in in the world of Aora. So um, you can be a human, you can be an elf, and you know obviously those characters can all have relationships one with one another. Um, but yeah, you know, a lot of the the journey that the player is going to undertake with that role is kind of choosing where their loyalties lie. You know, you're from you're from a place that, as the player as the player, you haven't necessarily visited, but it's obviously where your character, your avatar is from. Um, you're, but you and your avatar are both experiencing the living lands for the first time together, and so you know, you're sort of stepping. Um, you know, out of this context of something that you've heard about and then kind of into the fray yourself. And so kind of the journey we always want to give players is, you know, giving them nuanced conflicts, interesting characters to meet, um, you know, kind of a lot of moral gray area as we as we love to share. Um, and just, you know, putting them in the position of, uh, you know, really having to make the hard decisions and decide who they are in the world and how they're going to shape it. So is it kind of like a fish out of water situation um, as, you know, me myself i'm the character jumping into this i don't know what to expect is that was that a a creative decision that you guys kind of went into that you know you don't have all this necessary baggage coming over from pillars that you the onboarding process for someone who hadn't played those previous games can just jump into about you do not have to have prior knowledge of the other pillars games in order to enjoy avowed and you've definitely hit on something there um you know the living lands is a setting that we haven't explored in any of our previous games but it's one that um, as devs and designers, we were really excited about exploring, you know, artistically, exploring the gameplay, you know, building up the character and story of the location. Um, and so it's something that we're getting to experience fresh alongside our players. And so both our returning Pillars fans and our first time Obsidian players um, are going to be experiencing the lands um, for the first time together. Um, so Obsidian's been around for a couple of decades and um, we've seen, you know, the breadth of games you guys have done with New Vegas, Outer Worlds. Why do you guys decide uh, Avowed is like, it's the perfect time to go for Avowed right now? Um, So the Pillars IP is, you know, one that's um, near and dear to many of our hearts. Um, I actually started my career in Obsidian on Pillars 1 uh, back in 2013. And it's a game, that whole series of games is something that many of us on the team have worked on. Um, You know, it was nice to have a little bit of a cooling off period after uh, after Deadfire and the, um, the DLCs. Um, but it felt like a good time, especially as we'd explored Unreal Engine with the Outer Worlds, to return to the world of Pillars, to build a fantasy RPG, to build it in a world that we knew really well and that we really loved, um, and where we still have a lot of stories to tell and a lot of fantastical locations to explore. I think for me, it felt like a natural progression, right? Like uh, Pillars is a C RPG, right? And it's same thing with kind of Fallout, how that started. It's like, oh, that seems like a natural progression to see what we can do to kind of put it into a new perspective that more puts the player into the perspective of, you know, the, the, the character more. 
Absolutely. And I, I mean, that's a great, um, great segue because I feel like for me, an outsider who's never developed a game, that seems like a daunting process to kind of take this established world, this perspective and these gameplay systems, and then adopt them into, you know, another side, your bread and butter, uh, which is a tr more traditional RPG. Like, how does that how does, what's that process like and how do you not, you know, affect the, you know, bones and the DNA of pillars? Um, Gabe can definitely speak more to the the gameplay and the combat aspect of that in a moment. But, you know, I, I think I think what you have to do is, you know, you you understand like what's what's the character of the world, what's the tone of the world. And it, it's not as if it has to stay static is exactly one thing, right? Like um, Pillars 1 had a much darker tone compared to Deadfire. In Deadfire, you know, the core story is still very serious and, and very dire for everybody involved. Like, you know, you're talking about a god whose warpath is, uh, you know, essentially, you know, pulling souls out of the world. Um, and they're off to do something, you know, potentially very nefarious, depending on how you look at it. Um, but even within that, even built around that story, you still have the opportunity for a lot of tonal variety, a lot of moments of surprise, moments of levity, um, you know, without without um, undermining the core story or the player's experience of it. And so, you know, I think with Avowed, we wanted to to take that same approach of, you know, understanding that um, I think one thing that's core to Pillars games is having, you know, a political story that's running alongside this very deep, divine, metaphysical story all around a player character who has one foot in both. Um, and so using that as the backbone and then developing a vibrant, fleshed out world around it, um, you know, that obviously maintains the same history as, uh, you know, the IP we've already developed. Um, and it takes a lot of its tonal cues from that. Um, but still finding, you know, moments to surprise and delight um, not only players, but ourselves, too, as we're, you know, finding that variety. But um, I think the Gabe and the combat team uh, definitely had the most translation to do in turning, you know, real time with pause CRPG into more of an action RPG experience. Yeah, I mean, my answer is you disrupt it and <laughs> you disrupt it and then. And then you get people to play and then they go, ooh, maybe that's not very pillars enough. And maybe we need to do something like get wands in the mix, right? Or, or right. And, and so you kind of like you, you, your games are iterative and you, you kind of try things out. You see what kind of maybe that makes sense in pillars, maybe it doesn't. And then you start to get people like, you know, like our design, uh, our studio design director's feedback, who's, you know, like Josh Sawyer, who's kind of really familiar in the world of pillars and kind of help us kind of, kind of bring it, bring it back a little bit and kind of find ways where we can make the narrative. Uh, support the gameplay and vice versa, and and so you're you're constantly trying to see how those the how you can get those those gameplay pieces kind of intermingled together in a in a cohesive way. We're seeing we've seen a, like like I said we've seen little clips and everything, and like there are some gorgeous biomes. We're seeing some gorgeous areas in the living lands. Um, can you name some inspirations for some of the areas you've created in the various biomes and? Are there any towns or cities or, or like a home base where you kind of work out of in Avowed? So one of the fun things about the Living Lands is um, it's geographically very diverse. It's full of all these very different environments. Um, you know, in the lore, it's this kind of northern island that's split up by all these mountains and into sort of these separate valleys. So you have these you know, very different ecosystems developing, you know, in each of them. And so that gives us a lot of variety to explore when we're building out those environments. I think we'll probably get into a little more detail on what some of the ones you haven't seen are in a in a future update. But, you know, the one the one you saw in Developer Direct is Shatterscarp, which is 
um, you know, kind of built or based around a variety of um, kind of sandy desert biomes, uh, kind of high deserts, uh, you know, with highlands and cliffs and kind of more rocky terrain. Um, and even within that within that region, you can see kind of that sub biome distinction. Um, in the the in some of the other segments we showed in DevDirect, some of the little clips as well as um, some of the trailer that we showed back in June, um, you can also see some environments that are a bit more lush and green, um, some that are very strange and weird, uh, which I'm very excited for players to see. Um, but yeah, I think the the main thing we really wanted to do is just showcase the breadth and variety of the living lands and really give players a sense as they're exploring this world and going from region to region, that they really are crossing these these epic distances and, you know, kind of encountering, you know, all the different all the different sides and, and, and flavors that this island has to offer. And yes, there are there are towns as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And just to like, is there like a place where you can lay your head down and just you know put your stuff and build that? It's kind of like like the Skyrim where you have like your home base and like there's a place specifically where you can be like it's like your home your homestead. Is there is there specifically something with that in mind or you just a nomad? So, yeah, yeah, well, just nomad, right? Okay, because I'm I'm I am that player who likes to build the home and for whatever reason I'm the homebody. Like I will go on adventure during the day and then come home. And, put my care to sleep. I've yeah. always been like that. I, I always found that fascinating. It's just, it's, it's been fun for me. So you have a home that moves with you. Um, okay. We really wanted to create the experience of, you know, sharing this journey with your companions. And so you have a party camp um, that, you know, as you're as you're exploring within a region, traversing tween regions, that's the spot that you go that you go back to to kind of have quiet moments with your companions, kind of regroup, get ready for the next day. Uh, I'm kind of interested with the idea of companions. I mean, a lot of Obsidian games have had that you know sense of camaraderie and you know forming bonds with your companions along the way. I'm I'm interested here in Nevada. Like, what are the sense of relationships that you're going to be forming with your companions uh, throughout the game? Are there like romantic relationships? Are there just like strictly we're we're here for business and you're out there being mercs? Like, what, what can you describe that to me? Sure. So uh, companions are not romanceable and avowed. Um, it's you know I, I it's one of those features that and we definitely learned this in Dead Fire. Um, I believe you really need to invest heavily in it to really pay it off. Of um, and one thing that we're doing with Avowed is we're tying companions a lot more closely to the core story, the player's adventure. And so there's a lot more content that we're creating for them. Um, and we wanted to make sure that we were doing them justice on that fundamental level. Um, and also that we were not going to create a situation where it feels like, you know, you're missing out on some dimension of your relationship with this companion if you don't enter the romance. Like, ideally, these things feel like they have equal weight. They're just different flavors. Right. Um, so companions are not romanceable, but um, they do they do sort of grow and deal with their own conflicts alongside the player. Um, you know, they're all either originally from or they've lived in the living lands for a long time. So they're your traveling companions. They're sort of your local guides. Um, they have deeply personal stories that are tied to many of the places and events that the player is going to experience. And so, you know, they're there going through the same emotional journey that the player is. Are there like individual quest lines that you're going to be going through with individual companions or are they kind of just supplemental to the overarching quest line? So our companions uh, do have individual personal quests and some of, and they're also tied to uh, specific points in the crit quest. Oh, so cool. there are times when, yeah, their skills, their insight, their relationships will 
you know, help you get through a particular beat and then times where um, you can explore something that's very personal to them and either help them resolve one of their conflicts or just get to know them better. Oh, that is so cool. I, I love that system. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. My big thing is, so Kira, like I know you've written a couple of uh, novels in the past and you actually have this quote, you basically said, writing a series can be an endeavor of several years and hundreds of thousands of words. You spend multiple books developing a story and creating this world and tormenting your characters. Uh, you craft myriad of shining details with caring love. You draft and revise your books and, until every page and paragraph bursts with life and drama. Then you finally reach the last one. You realize that the fact that both horrible and wonderful, it all has to go. But it has it's up to you to make sure it goes somewhere. And have you been able to apply that to, to your 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 work and avow? Is it something you've been able to apply, you know, writing these books, learning lessons from that and applying to video game writing and how things are done in this industry? Absolutely. And I mean, you know, obviously, uh, you know, writing for books and writing for games, um, they have a lot in common in terms of, you know, you want to create a, a vibrant, well-realized world. And ideally you do that through well-drawn details, um, fill it with interesting characters, create a good emotional experience. Um, but one of the things that's very interesting and different about writing for an RPG like this is leaving room for the player character. Um, you know, one of the things that can make writing books a little bit easier in some ways, and, and this is true of some games as well, but when you know exactly who your protagonist is and exactly what they're going to do, you can kind of craft um, a very specific journey around them because you can anticipate at any moment what they're going to do. Um, with RPGs like the kind that we develop, one of the things that's um, difficult but also very exciting is wanting to leave this player-shaped hole in the story um, so that there is still enough structure there so that players you know, really are experiencing a story and not just sort of muddling through a world, um, but also leaving enough room for players to express who they are, who their character is, what direction they're growing in, um, and just who they want to be. Um, but yes, absolutely. You you do need to make sure that that journey is is leading somewhere and somewhere interesting. Um, and in a in a game like ours, that 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 the endpoint of that journey does feel like the sum total of the players' decisions along the way. Uh, Gabe, I have a, a question for you. Something that I've yes. been very uh, thinking about a lot uh, since looking at the gameplay um, in the trailers and whatnot. We see you know elemental attacks come out of the wands in different varieties. Some have ice, some have fire. Are those tied to the individual like weapon sets that you're picking up or are some of them tied to individual skill trees? Can you kind of go in depth into how the loot system differs from gaining new skills and unlocking new abilities? Um, so uh, we're a pillars game and so we have uniques, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, and it would be not a pillars game if they didn't have enchantments on them, right? So... Um, you know, you'll, you will be finding, you know, uniques throughout the world and, and they'll have enchantments uh, in terms of, uh, the elemental sort of, um, damage effects, uh, that, that, you know, lots of things in the game can kind of, they kind of funnel, I guess is what I write. So it's like a lot of features can funnel into the elemental interaction. So your companions might have some abilities that can funnel and kind of cause, uh, those damage types. And then, um, you know, enchantments, right. Uh, the weapons that are enchanted. And then, you know, you have certain abilities that can also cause those uh, damage types. So, you know, lots of different ways to basically uh, get the result that you're looking for and, and see how they can interact with uh, elements of the, of the world. One question I wanted to ask both of you coming off of uh, the 
direct was that uh, not only did you guys give us a, a window, the fall 2024 window, you also gave us, in my opinion, one of the coolest video game key arts that I have ever laid eyes on. Uh, the internet has been blowing up about this. Uh, I, I'm not even just doing this because you guys are here, but I, I went ahead and just put it as my background immediately after it's my background on my PC as well. I, I just cannot pour more time into just every detail on that. I am very curious. Is there like a specific artist or team of artists that we can shout out to just say thank you for that because it it to me is just uh astonishingly great art so that art here was made by a wonderful team at skylight um with some initial direction and guidance and kind of along the way guidance from our art director matt hansen who's also a concept artist so um, a wonderful collaboration it's been so wonderful to see the reception to that because it it really does capture some of the, the spirit and some of the details of our game in so many ways that we can't talk about yet, but that I'm hopeful players will discover later this year. Oh, see, see that's exactly it. Cause I'm looking at it because like I got the, the AK uh, resolution one I'm going in and I was like, what's this in reference to? What are these pieces here? What's this building that's like in his like rib cage that I was like, okay, we, there's a lot to unpack here and I can't wait to have like the full picture there. So I, I appreciate you uh, kind of uh, detailing that. That's amazing. Yeah. It, it, I'm looking forward to all the Reddit theories, seeing what everyone's coming up with <laughs> and just kind of figure out what, like who's right when this game launches later this year. I'm I'm that's kind of where I, my head's at right now is just seeing all the conspiracies coming out right now. We love those too. Yeah. Um, my last question is, um, are there any performance targets you guys are aiming for? I mean, is there anything you can say about that? Um, I'd have to, I, I'd have to get back to you on like the, uh, the, the min spec machines and, and sort of like what those, what those are. I don't have them off the top of my head. Um, but definitely PC, uh, yeah. you know, Xbox series S and Xbox series X. I yeah, game right. past day one. Carrie, Gabe, thank you guys so much for taking the time to, to speak to both of us. It really means a lot, um, not only, you know, to share the excitement, but also come on and support the show. It's, it's, it's awesome. I know we can't wait for the game to come out later this fall. Just based off the audience reception so far, a lot of people are looking forward to this. And uh, I'm sure in future updates, people are going to be pouring over all the info that comes out of it. So, um, yeah, th again, thank you guys so much. Thank you thank so much you for much. having us. Yep. Bobby, that about does it for us this week. If people wanted to connect with you and Console Creatures online, where could they do so? You can find us, Console Creature, on all your social media platforms. Uh, we are everywhere. We're like City TV. I will always tell you guys that. Find us. As for me, you can find me everywhere online at Asvigvari. And yeah, once again, thank you to, to Carrie and Gabe for joining us. And uh, everybody at yeah. uh, Obsidian, we... Are looking forward to avowed that's it yep exactly so until next time we will see you all thank you for tuning in bye, bye.